listener production. Today's edition of Footy Talk, we're joined by Nick Rewalt and we look at the West Coast Eagles and where they go from here. We discuss the form of Taylor Walker and what that means for some of the veterans in the AFL and we give our own little version of the mid-season awards. That's all to come up next. It's Footy Talk on Tuesday, June 17, where you get your analysis, interviews and your daily dose of footy from the world of AFL. Of course, every Tuesday we're joined by Nick Rewalt all the way in Houston. Hello, Rui. Did you watch any footy over the weekend? What did you think? Did you enjoy it? Oh, I saw the uh, saw the last bit of the Adelaide-Collingwood game. What was a, 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 a – I thought it was a pretty ordinary weekend of footy, to be honest, but the Adelaide-Collingwood game was a nice little little cherry on top. Jesus, they've given us some beauties, those two teams, haven't they? Yeah, two cracking games uh, earlier in the season. And that one, I, I agree, I was at the game live and I thought it was one of those finals-like games. As we speak about, Rue, sometimes you can lose and move forward as a footy club, and I thought the Adelaide Crows absolutely did that. They showed they could play on the big stage. There were 65,000 Collingwood supporters there. Uh, they were challenged at halftime. They stood up in the third quarter and unfortunately couldn't get over the line, but uh, it was a, a really impressive performance. Are you you're loving the way now the Crows are going about their footy? Well, I, I mean, that, that's that's the big thing about it, isn't it? When you say you lose and go forward as a group, it's, it's in the method. It's in the method and it's in the effort. And they've they've been questioned a little bit away from home. That's been the knock on them is can they sort of, you know, tra- transcend just being a good team at the Adelaide Oval? Well, they certainly showed it on the weekend. I'm, I'm just – I'm so enamoured with Taylor Walker and what he's been able to do over the last couple of years of his career. He was gone and I was I was – you know, really vocal in my criticism of him. I, you know, I didn't think he was hard enough at times as a key forward in contests. And um, really a couple of years ago, I thought his career was done. But what he's been able to put together, you know, two all-Australian calibre seasons, um, they had the hiccup uh, uh, along the way and, and, and paid the price for that um, has, and has been contrite and let his footy do the talking um, since he since he came back into that side. So well done to him, well well done to the Crows and, and again – Again, you just have to tip the cap to the Collingwood Football Club. They just continue to find a way to get it done. And, and it's funny, like they play with such a spirit that I, I, th- I think we're seeing constantly now that teams that play against Collingwood, you know, we, we saw Sydney when they played them earlier in the year, the spirit with they, that they played with that day when they went after Dacos. And they're almost forcing teams to... Collingwood to lift to a to a new level of spirit and enthusiasm when they're coming up against them. So you want to watch the, the best game of footy every week, you can pretty much bank on Collingwood being involved in it. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I spoke about it on, on First Crack Rue. I said it's the greatest competitive advantage that any team's got at the moment is Collingwood's ability to come from behind at three-quarter time. They've now won 11 of their last 15 games when trailing at three-quarter time. And the rest of the competition over the last two years are going at about 16%. Like, it's ridiculous uh, how well they are doing. And just quickly, too, uh, maybe it it could have been a different result because the AFL has admitted that Jordan Dawson should have been paid a free kick in the last 10 seconds. That's all irrelevant now. They didn't. But back to your point on Taylor Walker. It's got me thinking... Before you move on, yeah. they said they so they did say that, but they then they gave the caveat that it was blinded. Yes, but so they we're all see. we're all we're all four of them blinded, were they? Oh, that's what they're saying. All four, right? Them all four yeah. were obstructed. I know. Okay. Let's uh, not get too caught up in that, right. Rue. But I want to get back to the good point you made about the veteran Taylor <laughs> Walker. 
Is it a good lesson, particularly not necessarily for clubs, but maybe it is for clubs, actually, it probably is, and for the media, that we jump on our veterans too quickly to try and retire them, to try and, oh, they're, you know, Trent Cotchin and Jack Reward aren't the same players, but they should be moving on. They're not going to be as consistent as they were in their absolute primes. Otherwise, they would still be the best players in the comp. But what they can still offer and what they can still produce, maybe not every week, but sometimes when it's needed, like a Trent Cotchin game against St Kilda in the wet last week, or you spoke about Taylor Walker and the importance of having veterans just still in your locker room and on lists. Tom um, Tom Morris wrote a, a good article last week I saw talking about this exact thing. We probably experienced it at St Kilda. And from your experiences being over in America, Rui, where they lord veterans, they love having veterans, whether it's the basketball or NFL, on their list that can still play pivotal roles. Are we too quick to try and shoot down our veterans in AFL? Yeah, I think we underestimate the, the, the locker room value of veterans as well. So what, you know, because we're talking about locker rooms that have 17, 18-year-old kids in them and, and the lessons that senior players, I think it's horses for courses. If you've, if you've got veterans that are great modellers of, of professionalism uh, and, and great teammates, well, then there's an added value there. Uh, but, but you're right. There, there's always that conversation about they need to make way for the next generation of kids. I mean, how often do we see it? You know, you, you have a... a a veteran player retire and then a kid comes in and, and within two to three weeks, it's clear that they're not up to it and they're, they're back spending the rest of the year in the VFL. So, yeah, I think as a general rule, we are far too quick um, to retire our, our senior players coming from a couple of blokes that, you know, probably still think they could go around Joey and we're not bitter at all. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's one of the one of the great examples that uh, all clubs can take a lesson from, Taylor Walker. Well, we were lucky when we first came to the footy club, there were still veterans low, Burke in particular, that were sort of well past their best. They were in their 30s but still offered so much. And then, of course, Rob Harvey played about five, six years with us when he was well into his 30s. But the impact that they had on us coming through and then what that can lead to for the, for the groups going forward is pretty significant. Hey, speaking of veterans, what about the West Coast Eagles scenario? There's been a lot made of it the last... 24, 48 hours. Um, I'll tell you what, really, doing that game special comments for Fox, it was actually hard to think about what to say in that last quarter. It was really difficult to know where to go. But what's been your take from afar? Well, there's a morbid fascination with those sort of games, isn't isn't yeah. there? And, and they're the games as a commentator where you really earn your money because um, you know, it's, it's hard to just talk about what you're seeing on the screen because there are so many subplots unfolding right in front of our eyes. Oh, it, I mean, it's clear that it's a it's a broken club at the moment. I don't think you know. There's no surprise in in that comment. You know, the players clearly aren't aren't playing for each other or the coach, and there's there's no purpose amongst the group. So, once you lose hope, and they lost it pretty quick on the weekend, the wheels can fall off quickly, and and that's what that's what's happened. I'm I'm more interested in in what's going to happen moving forward now. Um, I, I think you know clearly everyone's on notice. So if I'm if I'm the leader of that football club, you know, who's the most safe person? The CEO? Is it the president? Well, I'm, I'm demanding that in the ensuing part of the season, we actually find out about people. So don't worry about trying to play a system. Don't worry about trying to play a brand of football. I want, I want one-on-one football. And I, I want to see who can compete because essentially, you know, everyone in that football club are now are fighting for their careers. And I throw Adam Simpson, not necessarily for his career, but his, his tenure at West Coast. I mean, there's... Oh, there aren't too many coaches that survive this sort of 
run of, of performance. And I know he's – we all know he's a guy that can coach. So he, he's probably won that decision up in his in his own mind. I know the club came out and backed him. But can you can you see him continuing on next year uh, at West Coast? Look, because I would assume there's going to be a big appetite and market for him to go to another football club. That, that so his career is not in question. It's just a matter of whether he's there or not. Yeah, look, I, I sort of I can as hard as it is to see, and you know it, it does feel like it's probably more unlikely. But I, I sort of can see it because at the moment, yes, they've given they've lost hope, and there's a lot of factors behind it. So their, their playing list, you know, they've they've got veterans that shouldn't be getting the senior side at the moment, but it's simply getting a game because there's no one else to bring in. They, they, they just can't be dropped. And then they've got kids playing that have clearly shown they're not up to AFL standard. But once again, that that's all they've really got. So when you talk about everyone say, well, we want to see a more competitive West Coast. Well, for me, they would be more competitive if Jamie Cripps and Liam Ryan and Nick Natanui and Jeremy McGovern were playing. They, they would be more competitive. So, so – what is getting rid of the cat, the coach for me is the, the big question. I mean, I, I sort of describe it as putting a Band-Aid over a deep gash. Like, it's not really going to change much. Because as yeah, you said, it's a, whole of club, it's a whole of club issue with high performance, who, by the way, has now, uh, they announced last night, will be stepping down at the end of the year, the, the strength and conditioning manager who's been there for a long time. So that's the, the first domino to fall. But the recruiting team are going to be looked at, the list management committee and what their plan has been have all got to be looked at. Like, there are, as you said, there are a lot of factors in this club that, that they really need to dissect and work out what they're going to do going forward. If Adam Simpson's not there next year, I don't think it'll be the club's doing. I think he would make the decision himself to, to yep. you know, do I really want to put myself through this? I know he's committed, um, but that the deeper the hole gets, the, the more difficult it, or, or at least the longer it looks like it's going to take for them to work their way out of it. So, yeah, look, it's... it's um, it's a proud football club. It's a club that has never, in, in my time in football, you know, experienced these kind of lows. Um, you know, we know what a, what a juggernaut they are over there in the West. So, oh, yeah, it's, um, it's quite hard to wrap your head around, really. That um, that they're experiencing these level of defeats, and it's it's rare because we don't necessarily see these the, the, these massive powerhouses in this situation. So mm. I, in some ways, have this weird thing where I actually don't mind that they are defying the, the the outside noise and the emotive nature of just sack the coach, and because that's what a lot of unsuccessful clubs have. That's what St Kilda have yeah. done for a long time. Like let's just sack the yep. Carlton have done it. Let's just sack the coach and appease the fans, and that'll change everything. And we've seen that it actually doesn't really change it. So there's a part of me that sort of doesn't mind. But West Coast Eagles go, no, no, we've got a plan. We know it's hard. We know this is not ideal. And we're not accepting the efforts. But we've got a plan that we're going to stick to. And, and, you know, Adam Simpson is still the man to get through what I think, Rui, is he's getting through the – the, the worst of it, like getting through really the, the ruck of the, the senior players that they need to move on and they still haven't got talent, uh, young talent on their list. So he's doing the real hard yards and then I don't mind them moving on and looking at a, at their next coach when they're actually in a position to see the light and coming coming through yeah. it. So that's probably why I'm thinking I don't mind if he stays for another six or 12 months and uh, does one more year and does the real heavy lifting. But as you said, he's got to be up for the fight, which is the big challenge because no doubt it is playing a huge factor. What, what about the implications from a, uh, a draftee point of view? 
with uh, what do you think they should do? Should no, they I don't keep pick it. one or should they split it? Uh, I think they need to be open to splitting it more so because they they need more young talent on their list. Uh, I mean, they need they need quantity rather than just quality. So different to some other clubs in a situation, let's say the Giants, for example, who have changed their um, sort of tact in recent years where they go, we don't need a whole cluster of young talent. We've got that. We now we want specific players. West Coast in a situation where they need multiple. So if it is a, if it's the right deal and they're getting good enough picks in return to offer up pick one, I think they should they should consider it. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I'm probably a little bit the other way. I think if you've got someone that's um, you know, a generational talent coming into your football club, he looks like the sort of guy that would say, you know, jump on the back of my shoulders. I think they've got some levers to pull in terms of some of the guys they've got on big, big contracts. West Coast has always been a destination club, so I think they could they could go hard, recruit uh, recruit some free agents, trade aggressively, free up some cap space with McGovern and Nat Nui and some of these guys that are on massive deals, bring in the best young kid in the country that we've had for a few years and, um, and, and really kind of build a core of leaders that are going to take this group forward, not in the next sort of three to five years, but beyond that that when they're all entering their prime. So I'd be inclined, if he is as good as people say he is, to, to hang on him and build the club around him. Oh, very good, Rui. And you would know all about pick number one. Hey, just some other quick news. Dion Prestia out with a uh, soft tissue injury. So he's going to miss some weeks again. Jeez, he just can't take a trick. But Jacob Hopper comes back in. And Clayton Oliver, it's confirmed, will miss another couple of weeks. And Ben Keyes got fined $1,500 for misconduct. Rui, for ripping the goggles off Big Meso. So he's accepted that. I think he can take 1000 bucks with an early plea. He is trying to claim he didn't mean to grab the goggles. But uh, we call bull dust on that one. Hey, let's take a break because up next we will do Real Talk Shit Talk and we're going to do a bit of a mid-season, uh, um, I suppose, awards from Footy Ooh. Talk here. If you're listening to Footy Talk and listening on Apple, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, you can hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. I'm here with Nick Rewald. Just a little mini version of Real Talk Shit Talk, Rui. First one, the Saints are going to miss finals. Oh, look, I don't think they will. I think that shit talk, just looking at their remaining, how many games we got remaining? Nine games. They only play two teams in the top eight. So they play Melbourne and Brisbane. They also play Geelong, who are ninth. But outside of the top eight, they've got West Coast, North and Hawthorne to come. The Gold Coast away, which is maybe a 50-50, Carlton and the Tigers. So there's enough, there are enough op- – I would say there are at least two locks and then the re- like maybe another three or four that they should win if they're fair income. So uh. I think they – I think they get in there, Joey, uh, which will be good to see. Uh, I one for you, the Max Graw, Max Gorn, Brody Grundy combo is not working. Yeah, I saw Gaz talk about this last night on the couch. I tend to agree. It's not really getting the desired effect uh, on what they probably hoped. Um, it just, I mean, there was some talk at the start of the year that Brody Grundy was better than Luke Jackson. Well, that's been put to bed pretty quickly. So what do they do? The, the question for me, though, is Max Gorn, he's going to be turning 32 at the end of the year. So, I mean, everyone's thinking just put Gorn back in the ruck. He's the best ruck in the competition, but is he starting to get past his best? Brody Grundy, I was always convinced, was just a sort of above-average ruckman. He, he was no longer the Brody Grundy of 2017, 2018. So you've got sort of two 
good ruckman, but mm. it's not equaling a great ruck. So what do you do? I think they've just got to work their way through it. I think that if they are to win the flag, they've just got to roll with these two, but it's going to be their midfield and defence that are going to get the job done. So do They're struggling in the forward 50. Oh, we, we, we know that, and they have for a period of time. Do, yep. you, just, do you just leave one of them there and – 80, 90% of the time, or is that the problem? That's the problem. They, they would have want to. They want to do that with Max Gorn, but see, he's not having as much impact. And then Brody Grundy's still been a competent and pretty good ruck, but not mm. dominating. It's more their ball movement, really. I, everyone talks about the, the personnel in a forward line. I think if you move the ball well, it doesn't. you can find ways to score. Melbourne's ball movement has been stifled lately. They need to find a bit of dare back in their offense. Hey, before we finish today, I want to do a little bit of, uh, just a bit of our sort of mid-year sort of, Awards, I suppose we can say, for who we think, if the ga- season was to stop now, who would win some of these awards? So I'm going to ask you first, who'd be the coach of the year? Okay. Oh, McRae. Has to be. Okay. Craig, Craig McRae has to be. Be- best team. And particularly, I, like, I think ba- you base some of these off expectation as well. And rightly or wrongly, the expectation was that Collingwood weren't going to be able to repeat. And um, have, have they put that to bed? What about you? Uh, for me, Ken Hinckley, I think coming into the season, the pressure that he was under, uh, he was going to yeah, lose his one. job after five or six weeks if they didn't start well. And to do what he's done with this group, oh, I think it's been a huge improvement. And I think right now I'd give Ken Hinckley coach of the year. What about Good one? Yep. Next. Rookie of the year? Uh, Sheasel. Yeah, I, I, went Sheasel. Sheasel. I went Sheasel too. Yep. You went Sheasel? Yep. Yeah, he's he's been terrific in, in, a, in a struggling side in a, in a you know you know a, a damaging way as well. I think there are guys that rack up the footy, but um, he he uses it and uses it well. Um, biggest disappointment. What do you got? Oh, for me, it is Carlton. I was pretty bullish on the Blues coming into the start mm. of the year. I thought they ticked every box for me. List point of view, I felt that uh, missing the finals last year by you know that 0.1% was going to actually ignite the fire in the belly. Uh, I was a fan of Voss and Cripps as leaders of that footy club, and I thought they were ready. I thought they were ready, and uh, they've let me down. Um, so... Carlton for me. What about you? Yeah, I went with the Swans. I just thought, you know, you could you could probably understand Geelong dropping away given the retirement of Selwood and the age of the group, but I just thought Sydney were primed to go again. A bit of organic growth coming through uh, with some of their younger players, but um, yeah, they they've they've been off the boil. What do we got next? Hey, have you got the Have you got the most improved player? Uh, I. Do I've got Jordan Dawson? Yeah, I, there's good. no like, there's no way I thought he was gonna turn into this sort of player. It just it just goes to show, like, when you give a player an opportunity to actually go through the middle of the ground and be in the action, um, there there are there are guys that are that are just as capable. They're either playing a half forward role or playing a half back role. Some guys that can't find it at all, but he he does everything. This bloke um, leads, he tackles, he wins it, he uses it. Um, he, he's been a huge find. Yeah, that's a good one. For me, there's two. First one is Zach Butters for that same reason. I mean, I love watching the ascension of a, a very good player turning into one of the best in the competition. And what Zach Butters has done this year has been nothing short of awesome. So I think that's a huge a huge one. And the other one, Rue, a little nugget that I threw up. So Connor Nash's first 54 games of footy at Hawthorne, we're not sure where he was going. He was averaging 12 and a half disposals under two clearances and was just, I don't know, plodding along. Connor Nash didn't think he had much life left in him. His last 10 games as a midfielder, he's averaging 26 and a half disposals and nearly five clearances. Like, it's a phenomenal turnaround in, like, just flicking a switch. Um, so, Connor Nash deserves a little shout-out for the, uh, if we had the, the old uh, most improved award like they do in the American sports, he would be a chance to win it off the, ba- off the back of those numbers. You. Well done. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and the last rough. one, who is your Brownlow medalist right now? 
Uh, Butters, yep. your man. Ah, good. I'll yeah. go. I'll go. Nick Dacos. Oh, he. Yeah. What he's doing is just His making. Brother might cost him. Yeah, potentially too, Josh. It might, it might actually work in his favour as well. The umpire's um, getting confused. Yeah, or just, just get a bit confused Day, out there. Dacos. Dacos had fifty today. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, no, hard to go. Hard to go past uh, Nick Dacos. What what a story that would be. Would he be? Would he be younger than Wanganeen when he won it? Yeah, I'm, yeah, pretty sure. Yangana, yeah, Wanganeen and Judd won it in their third year, so he will be winning it in his second year, which we've never had a Brownlow medalist in their second. Great year. Great kid too. He's a ripper. Um, met, yeah, met him at the. Uh, all Australian Awards last year when he won the Rising Star, and what a what a just a great humble young young man he is. So that would be a, a very very popular result. Yep, uh, and he's a footy head. We had him on Triple M post game chatting about things, and he brought up a tackle that John Noble did at the end of the game against Collingwood, and he said it reminded him of Marty Matner in the grand final Sydney Hawthorne. And we looked around at the box and thought we haven't heard Marty Matner's name being thrown up for a long time. So that's how much the kid knows. He remembers a tackle that Marty Matner laid for the West Coast Eagles all those years ago when. Uh, Sounds like you, Joey. Uh, sorry, for the Sydney Swans, not the West Coast Eagles, but the Sydney Swans when they won the Grand Final. It did. It did make me think of Sounds that. Like so you. He loves his footy. So shout out to Nick Dacos, big fan of footy talk as well. Hey, thank you for your time, Rui. Go and enjoy your uh, hot weather there in Houston. And we'll see you again next Tuesday. Of course, remember tomorrow, Sam Jacobs will join Jack Heverett. Sauce. Listener.